0: Hello, and welcome back to this podcast series, where this week we're looking at a part of pharmacy and asking the question, what's the point of that? Always a valid question to ask. And this week, the area we're asking this question of is clinical trials. What's the point of them? Now, obviously, given that in other parts of this podcast series we've looked at the evidence base for medicines and how we know what works for what condition, it'll hopefully be obvious that we're generally in favour of clinical trials. So in that sense, there's clearly a point in them. But what's the point of pharmacy getting involved specifically? So this time out, we're going to look at the things that pharmacies specifically get involved with in clinical trials, why they do them, and hopefully give an idea of how terrible a world we might live in if pharmacy clinical trials teams didn't exist. So first off, it's worth us starting with some of the fundamentals about conducting, rather than interpreting, clinical trials, and the point of some of the governancey things around trials. So clinical trials have existed for ages and evolved over time, trying to separate out what works from what doesn't. And from the claimed first trial where Nebuchadnezzar, from off of the Bible, trialled a vegetarian diet, through the first kind of modern trials by Dr James Lind to work out what might treat scurvy, to where we are now with the scientific behemoth of evidence-based medicine, much of that evolution has been around making sure that clinical trials are as rigorous and well-managed as possible. And the reason for this is easy to understand in that if you're testing a new treatment and you see a benefit, you want to know that the benefit you see is definitely due to your shiny new drug and not something else that's going on, or even just random chance, particularly in modern medicine where the incremental benefit of medicines is sometimes really small, so easy to miss or see in error. We used to think that bloodletting, leeches and drotricogin alpha all worked, but we now know better because of clinical trials. So we need to do all that we can to protect the integrity of trials so that we get reliable, usable data coming out the other side. But also, it's important that we protect the people who are participating in clinical trials. There's all the normal risks involved in healthcare, which we normally consider when treating anyone with anything. But then there's another raft of risks that are involved in clinical trials, in which we don't really know whether the treatments work or what their full side effects might be. Because if we did know, there wouldn't need to be a clinical trial. It's therefore important that this checks and balances to make sure that the potential risks the patients are taking are proportionate and that they agree to them. Ethics approvals, well-defined treatment protocols and the like. So where do pharmacy get involved? Well, pharmacy and pharmacists can get involved in all aspects of clinical trials as chief investigators, principal investigators and the like or in the physical delivery of trials, so recruiting patients, prescribing, counselling, reporting, analysing, etc. However, today we want to cover the pharmacy-specific things that pharmacy specifically do. Why do you need pharmacy rather than more other people? Well, a good place to start with this bit is the physical thing that you're investigating, so the Investigational Medicinal Product, or IMP. This is the potential future medicine that's being studied, so it makes sense that pharmacy need to be involved with this, as it's kind of their area of expertise. What do we want from an IMP? So what we want from the IMP is pretty much what we want from any other medicine that we'd use. We want to be assured that it's been made to suitable standards, that what's claimed to be in it is actually in it, and other stuff that shouldn't be in it isn't in it. For this, the product must be manufactured to good manufacturing practice, or GMP, standards, which helps to demonstrate that things have been done correctly. There's lots of nerdy paperwork detail involved, much like quality assurance because we are essentially assuring the quality of these bespoke products. But just because something's nerdy doesn't mean it isn't important or interesting, and this stuff is definitely important. So now, after all these efforts, we hopefully have an IMP we can use in the trial that's got all the certification and assurances that it's been made correctly, imported legally, and labelled up appropriately. But there's more to pharmacy than making sure the product has been made correctly, If you have a non-trial medicine, you don't just sling it out the dispensary door because it's been made correctly, you have to do other stuff as well to be pharmacising right. So before a trial starts, pharmacy has a role in helping to scrutinise the protocols and making sure, as far as can be known, that the medicine is right for the patient who will be in the trial. So is the medicine safe for everyone, and is the dose right for everyone? Are there any medicines that need to be avoided for people taking the trial medicine? Is the information provided with the medicine appropriate? So if, for example, the medicine has a 50% chance of curing their condition, but also has a 3% chance of making their legs drop off, is this in the bundle of information for prescribers and patients? And there also needs to be consideration of the practicalities of the trial as well. Does the product need making an aseptics? Does it need to be kept in a freezer? Is it cytotoxic to staff? Is the money coming in from running the trial sufficient to cover all the required pharmacy activity? Which sounds quite mercenary, But there is a lot of activity needed once the trial is up and running. Because once the trial is up and running there's extra stuff that needs to be done to keep patients safe and the trial honest above and beyond the normal pharmacy stuff. So in most trials patients will be given an active or placebo treatment and to maintain blinding they need to look the same to the patient and the clinician. Which means that in most trials you have a selection of boxes of trial medicines all looking identical bar an ID number and you need to make sure that the right box goes to the right person every time. There's also tighter tracking of medicines through the supply chain, so temperature monitoring, stock movement and the like, to ensure that everything that can be is controlled, so that the only thing that might affect the effect of the medicine is the medicine itself. When patients finish their medicines courses, there needs to be a reconciliation of their returned medicines, so the trial organisers know how much they have or haven't taken, which might affect results. And if something untoward happens to a trial participant outside of the trial, say their legs fall off, and it's needed to know what exactly they've been taken, there needs to be an unblinding route so that those looking after them can find out whether they were on placebo or the IMP that makes 3% of people's legs fall off. Or, for a more realistic example, if someone develops a DVT whilst already on a trial of anticoagulants, knowing whether they were in an active treatment group or placebo will affect the way they are cared for going forward. So that's pretty much it, in an over-summarised nutshell. Pharmacy are involved in clinical trials to protect both the people who are participating in the trial and the integrity of the trial. It comes down to that governance thing again, which tends to make people switch off. But if there aren't these governance things in place, the confidence you can place in the end data coming out of trials would be markedly reduced. Did the drug not work because it's a rubbish drug, or because people left it on top of a radiator? Did the drug work fabulously because it's a great drug, or because blinding was inadequate so participants got a placebo effect boost? Did the drug not work because it turned out no one actually took the medicine and we just didn't notice, or because someone knocked up a batch in the bucket in their shed and forgot to add the active ingredient? And also, without these governance things in place, the safety of the people in the trial can't be assured. It may be an experimental treatment that people are consenting to, but they need to have confidence that the things we supply to them are of a suitable quality and that we're doing all we can to give them a safe treatment even if we're currently investigating whether it's an effective treatment. And that's actually it. Hope it was interesting or useful, even though it's just an eight-minute snapshot. If you get a spare moment, go say hi to your pharmacy clinical trials team and find a bit more out about what they do, and see you next time.